Here it is. The episode you've been waiting for. The Neighborhood Sellers Podcast with your hosts, Nico and Sasha Antanasio. Grab a chair, grab a drink, grab a friend, and enjoy the conversation. Uh, let me put your mic back on because I don't trust you. I don't trust you, so let me put the mic back on. Wow. Well, hello, wow. everybody. Oh, wow. That is super loud. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, Sasha. How you doing this beautiful? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. 39 and thank degree. you for turning off my mic, Nico. Anyways, yeah, moving on. You can't be trusted. Um, Welcome to the Neighborhood Sellers Podcast. This That's- morning, we've got a special, special guest. And... When I tell you this is a special guest, like, I mean, like, no other. Like, you don't even understand. West Indies in the house, and I'm a represent, and I'm an introducer. You could sit your gringo ass down. Before you introduce her, (laughs) if you're listening to this, (laughs) and you're a realtor, hold on. Uh Uh-huh. Let me me hear what you're about to say. Let me say the right way. Real? (laughs) Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. That's the proper way of saying it. we know the we, yes. We the, say a realtor because we're in New Jersey with an A in the middle, and yeah, so and that's okay. That's the real way of saying it, guys. <laughs> realtor. Yes, thank you, Catherine. Uh, so if you're a realtor and you're listening to this, get your notebook notebook ready. <laughs> there's gonna be dimes. There's gonna be bombs. It's gonna be everything. Yeah, we, we got flex Hold bombs. Hold on, let me find out. You turn into Funkmaster Flex we with got those the, bombs. We got flex bombs. The, we are. <laughs> That's fire. I yeah. like that. I'm not gonna lie. This guest is gonna fuck your brain. Legit. It's it's, it's with gonna... the amount of knowledge and the amount of information and the amount of hacks she's gonna give you today, mm-hmm. you're gonna be set. Legit set. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh so without further ado. Exactly. Go ahead, introduce. Okay, you go ahead. No, you said since you, you since you wanted to do it. No, just go ahead. In the house today, pun the microphone. We got a girl. You forgot her name. No. Why Jesus I... Christ. How did you forget her name? How did I? Why do you think I forget the name? Okay. Why are you stolen? Miss Compton in the house. What's her first name? I, Alyssa. Okay, but I love go. calling her Miss Compton. You never called her Because it sounds like she's from the hood, you know? No, you never but called her not. that. You never called her that. It's, you forgot. That, I saved her on phone as that. You forgot. He's such a hater. You forgot. Yeah. How do you forget her name? And you're friends with her, too. Oh my God! You Best see, friends. he said he's he's a hater. Anyways, Miss Compton, Miss 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 Compton, Jamaica, stand up because we're in the house today. Oh, you know what? I got rid of the. Uh, Why you ain't got a little dance hall? No, you know what? I got rid of. The, Why you ain't got a little um, spice up on there or nothing to introduce her? So we used to. I used to have a file for that. Uh huh. And uh, and you dropped the ball. Okay, no, it's yeah. all good. It's. It, I used to have the air horn. Oh, oh, oh. No, but did you have like the West Indian air horn or like the gringo air horn? There's two different. No, whatever. It was it was air horn. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we have a firecracker in yep. Alyssa Compton. Welcome, Red. How you yep, doing? Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. That was a, a quite the lead up. <sighs> I know. <right? laughs> no, a lot of our stuff is exaggerated. So you know, just a pinch, three I mean. minutes into the show and uh, you, we just first heard your voice. So yeah. <laughs> The buildup is always uh, suspenseful for us. It's always the best. The anticipation. I love it. Yeah. Yes. But welcome, welcome. So like I mentioned to you all before, get your notepads ready. Alyssa is going to blow your mind when it comes to branding mm-hmm. and lead generation. Yep. She is the director of lead generation for the real estate, uh, I guess the brokerage 
uh, Bergen County Partners, that there's about, what, 1,000 agents? How many agents do we have? 1,300, yeah. 1,300 agents. She's the director of uh, lead generation. And when it comes to branding, Alyssa is second to none. So, you know what? When we go, let's get into your story. Talk about um, the... Uh, Build, was it building Rockland, finding Rockland? What was it called? Living Rockland. That's it. Yeah, it so <laughs> get let's let's hear your foundation. Sure. Let's hear your foundation so people can understand when I say how how it all started. How how she's amazing when it comes to branding and, and stuff like that. Just <laughs> you, just the floor is yours. Well, first and foremost, I feel like I need to address the elephant in the room. That white girl, redhead Alyssa, <laughs> just got introduced as like the brat Jamaican. Yep. <laughs> 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 yes, so she's very fair skinned, yep. and she has bright red hair. Yes, <laughs> but she's Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. So my parents, um, they work for a nonprofit. We moved a lot growing up, and I actually I did grow up in Jamaica. Um, so that's why I was introduced as the Jamaican yep. in the house. Um, I went to high school there, all of the formidable years. So I try to mask it as much as possible um, because I have a. I had a funny issue when I first started making cold calls in real estate where I would, you know, very much resonate with someone I heard an accent from. Yep. And I'd say, you know, the, the patois would start to come out. My accent would start to come out. Yo, and so I then, love it. Let it loose. Let it loose. Yo, but you know what? If I hear someone with an accent, I'm like, yo, my wife is Trinidadian. Right? Yeah, I throw it that out too. It was a great way to like resonate Wow, look at, look at that, Sash. You know, I got um, cut out of that, huh? Nice. It's yeah. just red in this one. Yeah, yeah, red, sure. Nobody else is in the mm, area yeah. where... Interesting. I'm just capturing her story. Mind your nice. business. <laughs> but ultimately, I uh, knocked on a couple doors after talking to people on the phone, and uh, they were surprised to see white girl, redheaded <laughs> Alyssa, who spoke to them in perfect patois on the phone. Oh, my God. So I tried to keep the accent down as much as possible now. Oh, but, man. but yeah, so I, um, I grew up all over. I came to the States back in 2016. Um, wow. I was following a man. Ooh. So you know how that goes. It worked out. We're married. We have a kid now. So <laughs> yeah, you're a mom. It, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it all and, worked out. And your husband is cool shit though. So he at least you father father guy that was pretty. Thank cool. Thank you. Yes. So. Um, but I was working in the city. I had a, a job, a, a big girl job in Manhattan, doing marketing, which is what I went to school for. And I thought, oh my god, this is the dream. And quickly, the American dream through the lens of a Caribbean girl mm. gets shattered when you're working until literally nine o'clock at night and then taking the train starting all over the very next day at 6 a.m. Yep, I not, know about that. Not my journey. Yeah, not my journey. Know, right? And so I had a great boss. She was awesome. And then she left. And uh, classic story of someone who hates their job. And uh, my new boss wanted to make my life miserable. So um, on a whim, two weeks before Christmas, I said, you know what? I quit. <laughs> Fuck this. Good for you. <laughs> it was a flip the table moment, but I didn't. Did you get at least stay for your Christmas well, bonus? You did, right? <laughs> And you had your daddy. In my head, I flipped the, the yeah. table. Did, did um, you at least stay for your Christmas bonus? No, I walked out. You should have stayed. Two weeks before Christmas. Yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm never doing this again. And I went home to my then fiance. Thank God he still married me. And I said, <laughs> I quit my job. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, what, what are you going to do? Oh, like, wow. we have a mortgage. What are you talking about? We had just bought um, a new property. And... Uh, I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to go into real estate. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> like, this is going to be I'm sure great. he was even happier when he heard that. <laughs> and props to him. He's a very supportive man and said, do you? Like, I have full faith in you. And so literally 
from Christmas until January 1st, I kind of just did whatever. And then January 1st, I was a realtor. Mentally, physically, emotionally, I was a realtor. And uh, really didn't know where to go with that. Um, I had just moved to this country, so I didn't know anyone. So the whole idea of contact your database, I was like, done. Uh, (laughs) There was three people. My, I already told my fiance, so I think we're good. Um, and so I started calling expireds. And uh, January 5th, I took my first listing. It was $1.4 million. Boop, boop. That's amazing. And uh, right? thank you. Give a couple more coins for that. Uh, <laughs> for your first listing. That's, that's crazy right? yeah. for your first listing. Um, and uh, I ended up really kind of creating a niche within the kind of expired space. I got really good at calling expireds, really comfortable with that. I took about 17 um, expired listings my first year in the business and then uh, kind of started to figure out okay what does this look like long term and I really started to brand my whole business based on Rockland County which is where I was working at the time Um, and so my whole brand was living Rockland if there was anything even one minute outside of Rockland I wouldn't it wasn't for you it wasn't for me yeah wow yeah that is amazing I admire people that just has like uh I call it like the little box Mm -hmm. and like stays within that that area and like they become experts on that area and anything outside of that like you say even a minute outside they're like oh you know what I'll get someone else but that's not I'm not going outside you know what's wild though is that you started this brand this movement live in Rockland so it's one something easy to search right Absolutely. it sounds old you know what I'm saying it sounds like it's been established living in Rockland Absolutely. It, it doesn't sound like somebody who just quit started. her job and yeah. started you know so it comes like it, it sounds like it comes with equity you know it has it has stuff behind it yeah and then on top of it you you, you know you solicit yourself I mean you basically were everywhere i mean sponsoring you you had uh i mean i'm I'm, listen i'm impressed when i first heard your story this was i mean i guess within the first couple weeks or months before covid yeah um what was it after yeah it was before covid before yeah and then uh then we got shut down for covid that's when we first met um but when you said it i'm like jesus like that is that's phenomenal and it was a guy in a room um george avilas and he was part, he, he had his, you know, he had a team name. Uh, I think it was the, uh, of, the Avilas uh, group. The Avilas group, yeah. yeah. And then talking and you, you, made a, you made an impression on him and he rebranded himself to the prison group. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, again, your, your story was just phenomenal. So, but, so what did you, what you do with Live in Rockland? So going back to even, you know, that, that story, I really wanted something that was going to be a little bit more agnostic. A lot of agents in this business, they have a tendency because it's just them to brand everything around them, Yeah, mm-hmm. which is great because it's very easy to figure out what is my brand. Well, it's me. Yeah. What's my logo? Well, it's my face, especially in yep. real estate. And for me, I didn't want that because at the time I was so new to real estate, I really wasn't looking at things through the lens of a real estate agent. I was looking at things through the lens of 
a business. Yep. What is my exit strategy here? And I knew I, you know, didn't want to be in real estate like indefinitely forever as the Alyssa Compton team. And so I wanted something that was going to be something that other people could resonate with so that as I built out a team, I was then able to have other people Supervising. who are saying, Absolutely. wow, this is my brand too. I'm resonating yep. with this. So Living Rockland really became a little bit of a lifestyle brand where we talked a lot about like what restaurants are opening up in Rockland and what dog park just opened up and where's the place to take your kids for the fall pumpkin whatever you know and so it really was all things Rockland and we even at one point had this little video a banner on our Facebook that said like uh you know walking hiking biking biking, Rockland (laughs) living Rockland and it landed on living and so ultimately I wanted to be the resource you've talked about it before about being the mayor of your town it wasn't so much about being the mayor of my town it was about being a resource for people like me I kind of tried to take that literally (laughs) didn't work in my favor but I just tried to take it I did take it literally (laughs) you got your name out that's what matters you know (laughs) a lot of people voted for you exactly 2,000 people (laughs) voted for him no if I had 2,000 close to it yeah over 1,800 you lost by what 400 votes i lost yeah five percent i lost by five percent dude you did amazing that's, yeah that's uh, nothing right oh my gosh um but yeah so ultimately that was my journey i didn't want anything that was my name because i felt like i was going to get to a point where someone was going to say hey joe Schmo on the Alyssa compton team we don't want you we want Alyssa compton mm-hmm. exactly so and that people don't realize that yep. yeah so you know we, that runs parallel with, with our kind of the idea that we had exactly for ours as well. that's ex- so we both were gonna do it you know sasha went to real estate school before i did um so we were both gonna I do was it a dumbass i couldn't pass my test you know five seven times in so nika was like let me show you how it's done when and did new jersey I, I and no new clue. york i have no clue how Pass both of them on that's the, the whole reason why and I, he comes up and he is like guess who guess who passed on their first try that's the whole reason why i haven't gotten my, my broker's license because I don't want to, I know I'll fail like nine times. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But you know how they, in New Jersey, out of the test, they remove 10 random questions? Yep. I am convinced that 10 random questions they <laughs> removed the were all wrong. <laughs> <clears throat> but we had more or less the same mindset. It's like, yep. like we're not going to showcase any one of us because we're a pair. You know yep. what I'm saying? And we were thinking to ourselves is, okay, so just say if it's the Athanasia group and both are face. They're going to expect us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're not there, they're going to feel as we were too busy or we're just not serious for Or them. they weren't important enough exactly. or something so, like that. And this is the kind of troubles we had. And guys, listen, I mean, you're going to get blown away. I'm telling you, you're just going to get blown away. And if you haven't so far, <laughs> just listen to what she said about yep. the banner on Facebook, making yourself a, a staple of the community. A fixture. Exactly. Yep. But, Absolutely. you know, this is the growing pains that we had when we first joined the group because I was there everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point that once we started bringing people onto the team, I just I realized that I had a leverage and I couldn't be everywhere. Yep. And then we had clients saying, well, I guess he's too important for me. How come I he's- think we lost two clients that way mm-hmm. yep. because we either one of us didn't show up for the for their it um, was a showing. A showing. It, it was just a, it was a basic showing. Yep. And but I was out with other clients and we then knew when we lost those two clients that we had to tell them, you know, we will be there. We are here. We are involved, but we may not be there every single day. Exactly. And everybody on the team is just as important as we are. A hundred percent. Because we trust our business with them. We can walk away and trust the business. Yeah. And 
we decided when like we I knew shit about shit. And I remember okay. I'm sitting on the floor in my living room and I could probably count I don't know, a handful of times how many times my bro- my younger brother like I have three younger brothers. But one of my younger brothers came over to my house just without a festivity. I mean, he's you're Italian. You don't need to yeah, but he's to eight, stop eight over. years younger. He's eight years about. younger than I am. So like, <laughs> yeah. we don't have that many common interests other than sports. So my brother's in the living room floor. My daughter is, I don't know, no, she's yeah, she's like a, she's two years old, and uh, John Luigi wasn't even a thought at this point. Yeah, no, and he I, was in Sprim Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> we uh. So we had our logo, it was our wedding logo, which is our initials. And I've so told this story a bunch of times that I wanted, you know, do our name, the loyal agents, and my brother told me I was an, a moron. And he goes, How about neighborhood sellers? And Arthur because I told him like what I want to do is in three years, I want to open up a brokerage and whatever the name team name is, that's the name of the brokerage. Yeah. I'm thinking of it as a business. I just left a $14 million restaurant in Manhattan. So did the exact same shit. Turned to her one day in the kitchen and said, ah, fuck it, I'm quitting. I'm, and I'm I was quitting. like, absolutely. And I was like, in my vows, I have a, always be your cheerleader. <laughs> I am your cheerleader, honey, yes. And I'll tell you, it's <laughs> a, it was the scariest shit ever because we were living off our savings and then I started consulting and it got to the point that I left February of eight, of 19, and then July of 19, I said, forget about it. I was consulting from February to July. And I said, fuck this. And then I was, I got my first listing. I'm like, all right, I have good, pretty much you know, space. And what I was doing is I didn't want to use my fear of influence. And the reason why I didn't, I, I, you know, growing up, I was, I was a fuck up. You know, I wasn't, I didn't take shit serious. And I'm like, how do I go to my friends and say, hey, you can trust me to buy or sell your house right. when we were, <laughs> we were up until three o'clock in the morning <laughs> drinking to come back to play video games and to go to work the next day. Yep. So I started driving Uber and on my headrest, guys, write this shit down. I got, I have a, I have, I have an embroidery machine. So I got a head, head, a headrest cover. A cover, yeah. And I wrote on it, I put our logo, and I wrote down, think of your real estate dreams, now ask me how to make a reality. And I never spoke about real estate while I was driving. They all spoke to me, Yeah. and that's how I started getting clients. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, and once my sphere saw that strangers were supporting me, that's when I went after them. Yeah. But we did the exact same shit that you did. It's, we wanted to build a lifestyle a name. If you look at DJs, uh-huh. right? And we were joking around with the, the flex, yeah. flex band. But if you think about DJs, if, if you think about DJs though, right? Uh-huh. Flex is one of the rare DJs that doesn't use his name, right? You have DJ Cali, you have uh, DJ uh, Aoki. Flex, what are you talking about? Yeah, but that's, is his name? I'm saying, oh, like, like you have Steve, Steve, name. DJ Steve Aoki. You okay. have, so it, we, that's the, that was the mindset that I had. Like, I wanted to be different. Mm-hmm. If you look at Flex, like, we wanted, I wanted to be different, like Flex. And that's what kind of was the motivation to think outside the box. Yeah. But what you did, and then you, 
were I mean, what was your accolades that year? Like, what what did you do your first year? Well, my first year in, in the Keller Williams world, capping is like the big thing. Right. And so usually that takes in, in our world, in our part of New Jersey and, and New York where I was, it takes about five million in volume. So my first year I did six and a half million. My second year I did 12. And my third year I was on pace to do 20 million um, when I was actually approached in order to go into leadership, which is a whole different side story. Um, but the the really what came from that was in the very beginning, I'm sure you guys did the same thing. It's you just take whatever you can get in terms mm-hmm. of business. You don't really sit down and formulate what is my plan here. And it probably took me a good six months before I said, okay, let's take a step back. What is the plan here? What is my actual business plan? And break that down into really three pillars of your business. And you you kind of already alluded to it. There's only two ways that you can get business in this industry. It's either from people you know, or it's from people you don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's exactly it. That's it. That's exactly And so a lot of people will come, especially now, they'll come and they'll try to talk to me about leads because now with my role as the director of lead generation, and my first question to them is, what does your database look like? And people will say, oh, I've got, you know, 200, 300 people. Why are we even talking about leads then? Yeah. Because if you have enough people already in your world to hit your goals, we shouldn't be talking about leads, period. Yeah. So they don't really have 200 people. Exactly. That's what it comes out to. Correct. Or in your case, maybe you're not comfortable reaching out to those people. And that's okay. That's the beauty of this business. There are a gajillion ways to create business. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of what ways are you comfortable with? And people will tell me, I don't want a cold call. So don't. That's that's the best part of business. I love cold calling. I know. If you put a gun to my head and said, I had to get a deal and it was only one way of getting the deal. Like we can get a lot of leads on social media. Um, I've I've exhausted social media and then pride myself at my business yeah. from social media. But that's not my my strongest my strongest suit is for sale by owners, Fizbo's. Mm. Gun to my head. Mine should be door knocking. Yeah, gun to my head. It's Fizbo's. Yeah. You know, you say, hey, you got to get a listing by the end of this week. Okay. Yeah. I'll get a Fizbo. It really boils down to two things. What are you comfortable making yourself uncomfortable doing? Mm-hmm. And what are you good at? What do you like? What is going to sustain you long term? Mm. Because somebody who has a for sale by owner business, if they like it and they get joy from it and that, you know, chase and the close, if that gives them energy, they'll be able to sustain their business with that forever. Mm -hmm. Someone like myself, I I could cold call. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm, you know, I can put myself in a place where I'm uncomfortable doing that, but I'm still uncomfortable with it. But hold on. But when you went into leadership, wasn't that basically the backbone of your business was cold calls? A hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and that's where you really have to start again, looking at what, what do you like? Because if you're chasing that listing and you're able to get that appointment and that gives you joy, awesome. But there are a lot of people who will get that appointment and it's immediate anxiety. Mm. It's immediate fear. I'm going to this stranger's house. I've never met them before. Then why are you focusing your business on that? Mm-hmm. And our um, president of Keller Williams, Jason Abrams, he talks all the time about do what you love and figure out a way to make money doing it. If you love to go shopping, then go get a bunch of people who also love to go shopping. Get some branded shopping bags with your name. Let's all get together at 9 a.m. at the mall and write down, oh, where are the best deals and blah, blah, blah. And then let's all disperse because who's coordinating that? Who's bringing joy into their Mm -hmm. life? It's you, and you're the one who's able to bring that to them. So ultimately, for for Living Rockland, 
expireds were one pillar of the business, but getting to know the business owners and being a part of community, that was another pillar of the business because of the fact that for me, I was trying to get to know my own area. I wanted to connect. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to grow. And so it was a matter of not just going to get your coffee, but going in and talking to the manager and having a conversation, asking them, hey, would you mind? Can I just interview you really quick? I'd love to hear your story, just 30 seconds. And after you do that and put that on your social media channels, well, now when you say, can I leave my cards here? What are they going to say? No. Exactly. So ultimately, I started to get people because of the expired listings that I was taking and because of my business cards literally being everywhere. People would say, oh, my gosh, I see you everywhere. No, you don't. I've only got two <laughs> listings right now. It just happens to be that they're in different parts of the county on main roads. And it really, that's kind of how the business grew. And that's ultimately when I did step into leadership, I sold my business, which oh, wow. at the time, nobody really told me that like people don't really do that. But I didn't know. That was always kind of the plan. Yeah. And so when I stepped into leadership with our company, a team leader usually is not also selling. To me, it felt like a conflict. I don't want to coach you guys how to grow your business when I'm simultaneously secretly growing mine. Sure. And we have heard, you know, horror stories from other brokerages where you go to your broker for help. Next thing you know, the broker has that yep, listing. Yep, they're competing with you for the same listing. Exactly. And so for me, it was important to step away from that in order to be very good at the leadership role. And so I ended up selling not my book of business, not my database, my brand. Mm -hmm. I was wow. able to sell the brand to another agent who bought that and took it over. And, and now, you know, she's got the rights to living Rockland. That's amazing. It's yeah. just an idea. How great is it? You can just right? sell an idea. And I, I mean, and I think that's a backbone of our country. Also, in um, it, it's not just selling the idea. It's the fact that you she sold this and it was an established, an established running business. Mm -hmm wholly solely on the name where she was able to step away like say but, like the name and, itself the, and still have it be successful but it's only it was the success was only for two and a half years it wasn't even three full years before she sold wow. it so that's what the, the the idea and again it's the backbone of the american dream is is an idea absolutely right all these people made millions off an idea look at look at uh jeff bezos he was in his garage and he had an idea. Oh, let, I'm let's, gonna be in Shark Tank let, one day. I'm gonna be famous one day. Let's let's Shark have Tank. a flea market, you know, where all these people can sell their stuff. You know, basically, Amazon is just, a, you know, a, a a, it's, a, it's a fucking which flea market. Yeah, which it is. So, but at the same time, it's like these are all ideas that people just made millions on. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And it's no different from if you think about the uh, the Rockefellers, the the Carnegies, the the, the people back in the day that. Mm -hmm. You know, they were in the right place at the right time, but also the sweat equity and all that shit, Absolutely. you know, made them what they are now. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's admirable to see how you took it when two feet in and, you know, like when I use the analogy, like when, when you do like double dutching mm -hmm. and you like almost, okay, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. You said, F it, I'm not even going to go, I'm just going to go jump yeah. in and, yeah. and, and you did it and it's just like if you're listening to this and you're looking at yourself right business is slow we all know business is slow but at the same time we have an influx of clients that just can't find nothing mm. you know i'll do a I'll share a quick story is we had a client who put an offer on a house mm. the offer was accepted 
No, I'm sorry, excuse me. It was rejected. It wasn't the highest offer. I, I have a black belt in what's called verbal judo. Yeah, he really does. I learned it from, uh, I used to work at a police <laughs> station, and um, I learned it from one of the sergeants I used to work with, Craig Lynch. Really? Yeah. It, it, the verbal judo comes from uh, Craig Lynch's book. Wow. And so anyway, so it just, he taught me, you attack conversations with your words. Attack it. Find a word that they're talking, say something, you know, whatever you're talking about, and use those to get into their mind and use an attack, you know, just whatever. But um, what was I saying about the verbal judo? Fuck. You had the gift. Of, <laughs> you have the gift of verbal judo. Yeah, but so what, you what got was, the offer accepted. Okay, so it wasn't the best offer. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. Best offer. Yeah. And you offer the real estate agent goes. You know what? Let me. They are taking a long time because I told them I, I put the doubt. Hey, do you really think this is going to come out of a return review? You know. We should have been out of return. If they were serious, we would have been out of return review uh -huh. the first day. I don't think they're serious. Put enough doubt that she called her client. The client's like, you know what? Okay. And they took our offer, which was less. Yeah. We're in return review. They're in a, they went to Hawaii. Their property's in the flood zone. Now, I tell clients, this is the most stressful part after you get your offer accepted. Don't work yourself up. Use us to help you. Now, we all know, if you go on Google, you'll find anything you're looking for. Oh, sure. my God. Right? Yep. You have a nosebleed? Yeah, you're dying. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it, whatever, whatever it's in your mind, you'll find on, on, on the internet. Yep. They found a YouTube video from Hurricane Ida. Yeah. And the street was flooded. And then there was a guy they interviewed that just had his name. Not even his address, just his name. Yeah. And he's like... I got four feet of water in my basement, this, this, and that. They Googled his name and found out the house is six houses away from the house they're buying. Mm. And then told me, we want to walk away. Mm. I'm like, all right. Oh, man. Let me, I'm a firefighter. Everybody got water. This house is, no, we actually, we were very lucky we didn't get any water. So we got some water for what, what is the one we got recently? We got no water. Was that Ida? No, that was just because the, the we got the, the pipe for the sink was leaking and went into the basement. Oh. Yeah. As so, a side note, I don't buy any property anymore with basements, specifically really? because of that. <laughs> but the house he bought, wow. it, it's it's a slab on grade, yep. and it's it's raised. It's it's a kind of, yep. it has the garage, and then it's kind of like, kind of like split level. But, but not really? But not, it's kind of like a buy level, but the one part of the buy is kind of a crawl space, but the house is raised. Hmm. They had no water but the whole block had water so he goes i don't i don't trust this i think i'm in, i'm like are you walked away hmm. they're putting offers on other houses they go to the open house for this house here they're stalking the house while they don't want the house right they're still stalking the house. and then they go we want to put another offer in yeah i'm like you gotta be kidding me hmm. but even better now they want to go in even lower fifty thousand dollars five thousand dollars under yeah. the offer that was accepted yeah after they walked away. Yeah, after they walked away. Now, as a real estate agent, um, you know, you write offers, you're like, oh, this is such a waste of time. <laughs> I, you know it's not going to get accepted. <laughs> so I sent it, and I go to them, like, if I'm sending this offer, we have to do $1,500 non-refundable deposit so they can see that you guys are serious. Right. You guys walked away. Like, yeah. no one's going to take you serious. That beeping. Is that a fire alarm? 
No. Speaking of fires. I know, right? Yeah. So <laughs> now I went into overdrive talking to this lady who knows who we are. She knows our brand. She knows Sasha and I. It's like oh, she wow. knows us. Oh, yeah. man. And she's like, we have another offer. I'm like, fuck. And it's higher than your original offer. I'm like, fuck. Like, I knew there was going to be no. But I really want to work this deal with you. My clients want to work the deal with you guys. And we already know that we're going to be out of return of review the second they agree to this offer. 5000 less, whatever. It is what it is. And they accept it again. Yeah. They accept it again. Literally. That was so crazy. And it was all because an agent went to bat for us and we never did a deal with her only because yeah. she's seen, she just sees us all the time. Yeah. And that's what like, it's super important, but people don't realize it's a hundred percent. You need to get, you need to, you need to prostitute yourself out there. A hundred and ten I tell people all the time that out. There's no difference between a bartender, a realtor, a hooker and a drug dealer. I wouldn't say hooker. I would say a stripper. Strip, whatever it is. They all sell something different. But when it comes down to it, every one of them are a hustler. They are all yep. hustling their product to that clientele. Hmm. True. The, the, the street walker, or the street worker, right? Selling her body. She's standing there, rain, shine, whatever, to fight the other girls. Mm -hmm. The drug dealers doing the same thing. They're going to they're gonna sell their stuff. Real estate agents, they're making the phone calls to get the clients. There's yeah. 1,300 agents in our in our company. And every one of those agents are making the same phone call to the FISBO, to, to the expired. Yeah. A, a bartender, they're working themselves. They're having a useless conversation with the the person buying drinks just to make more money and tips. Sometimes it wasn't useful, um, useless though. Sometimes it was fun. Oh no, not another Sasha story. <laughs> Sasha's barely spoken this entire right? podcast. Yeah. <laughs> She's so Coming really. from a career bartender, some of them were useless and it was fun. No, it is. But and when you vibe with your regulars, the money was the money was already there, but it was just like it would make the other clientele tip you even more because of that. Oh now it's on me now. Oh yeah, it was on you the whole time. It was. My bad. Let me switch it back. Let me get a little appearance real quick. What up, what up? <laughs> now, you're listening. We're here now. 34 minutes in the show you're listening you're like fuck this is this is some useless stuff this is pretty <laughs> now they're listening they're, they're like you know what maybe i should reevaluate myself and uh and we call it rebrand myself or brand myself mm -hmm. well that's the thing when you first start in the business i think but if i were starting from scratch and you know maybe i will at one point who knows but if I were starting over as an agent, step one would be clarify what my brand is. And mm. by brand, I don't mean what's my logo and my color scheme and my blah, blah, blah. Your brand is what your clients think of when they think of you mm. and when they think of your business. Now, sometimes your business and you are one and the same. Other times you take a step back and you say, five years from now, I want a business that has nothing to do with my name. Then we're talking about a business. And there are a lot of great agents who run successful practices. A practice is you have to be there. A surgeon runs a practice. No one mm -hmm. would say that a surgeon is not a professional business person. True. But the surgeon has to be there. You can't offload that. You can't delegate yep. that to someone else. So there are a lot of agents who say, I want to be my own person. I want to run a practice. Great. Awesome. Do that. And then there are others who say, I want a business. Two different things. Mm -hmm. 
equally great. Mm -hmm. But step number one is, what is it? Who is my target audience? Because every business, no matter if you're selling widgets or real estate, you have to know who do I want to work with? Mm. And in the real estate business, that's even more important because of the fact that this is a tough business. It is. is. And we as agents have all had the experience of working with someone who is just not our vibe. They're Mm. not our energy. They're not the right fit for us. They're not respecting our boundaries. They're not trusting us. They don't see us as a professional. And there's a mismatch. And either they're going to fire you or you're going to fire them or at the end of the day, it's going to sell and then you're not going to call them for referrals. But if you're able to say, I want to work with the type of client that is X, and it doesn't have to be a geographic area. It could be a demographic, a psychographic. There are many agents who have branded themselves as, I love dogs. I hold my dog and my profile picture and I'm all about dogs. And that becomes very easy because then you're marketing to dog people. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want a list of homes with fenced-in yards? Of mm-hmm. course you do because you're dog people. So that becomes a lot easier as a business because you're working with people who become your friends. And then it obviously makes it much easier to call them and ask for referrals because you can say, I loved working with you. You're awesome. I want to work with people who are awesome. Who do you know that's just like us, our mm-hmm. energy that we can work with together. So if I were starting over, it's who do I want to work with and how do I tailor my brand to that? Because if you say I want to work with luxury and I also want to work with first-time home buyers, there's yeah. a disconnect there. There is. And how do you brand that? You can't really brand something to two different genres of the market, two different segments. And so if you get very clear on who you want to work with, then it becomes easier. And then when all of these million marketing people call us up and say, oh, do you want to buy this magazine that goes out to blah, blah, blah? You can say, is this in line with my target audience, with my Mm -hmm. business plan or not? And it becomes easier that way. So I would say start there and then create what are those three pillars? What are the three things that I'm going to do that are in line with my brand, that are in line with my target audience? And how do I do them better than anybody else can possibly do them? Mm. And people will say, I'm new. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go do open houses. Great. Then go do open houses. Absolutely. Don't go and sit there for two hours and hope people walk in. Start planning on Wednesday, start advertising, go out and door knock the neighborhood, invite all of the neighbors to a special thing. If you're going to do open houses, go order 40 signs, open house signs, and put them all over the neighborhood, anything Mm. within a half mile radius directing them to you because people are going to see you and they're going to say, oh my gosh, I see you everywhere. No, you don't. I just have 40 signs out on yep. a Sunday <laughs> and open one, for one open house. And then do it up and make sure that you're actually offering every single different way. There are a lot of people who make a lot of money doing it. And no matter what you decide you want to do in business, there's someone out there who's doing it at a crazy high level. Mm-hmm. Go find out what they're doing and then plus it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. 100%. There's no reason to. And in this business that we're in, the it, I call it the iceberg effect because a lot of people see, they don't see the blood, sweat, and tears mm-hmm. that go in, right? Because you don't show your struggle. You show it when you're like headed to the bank, right? When you're driving your Maserati or Phantoms sure. and all this good stuff, right? So no one sees, why are you lowering my thingy as I talk? No. I know I'm deaf, but I'm not that loud right now. Like No, because I'm, I'm, I was actually trying to figure out mine because when mm-hmm. you're talking, my mic is picking you up. Really? Yeah, and hers. So I was trying to find oh. a way that we can mm. neutralize where it's not. So you're trying up. to neutralize me. Yeah. All right, I got you. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
But it's like the iceberg effect. And every time a new realtor gets into the business, the first thing they say is that I want to be like Ray, you guys. Little... <laughs> oh my God, that actually scared me. Was that Sasha? He was like, that was from our show. When he was, <laughs> when we were recording, not the last episode, the episode before, he kept on telling me, raise my energy. And raise my energy a little. <laughs> The episode before that, the cameraman, every time I talked with my hands, he was like, bro, he's like, you look aggressive. And I'm like, I'm not aggressive. I'm just from So go back and listen to the two previous episodes and you'll understand all of the side jokes. Our TV show. So go on YouTube and check it out. Oh my God. But yeah. And they all they're saying, all I hear them saying all the time is that they want to be like the neighborhood sellers. They want to be like Nico. They want to be like Sasha. And they're like, how many um, how many things do you post on social media and all these things? And I'm like, hey, guys, remember the blood, sweat and tears that goes into it. At the time, I was a stay at home mom. I was his assistant. He was going up busting ass, doing everything all the time. We didn't really even see him. He was doing feature. What is the one you call with the neighborhood feature your neighborhood? Oh yeah. So what? So what I would do is I would go to a town, and I would highlight the town. Yeah. The small businesses. businesses And I would just drive, just drive around town, and basically how you know, whatever the parks, the the schools, and I used to do that for all the towns, all the towns that we 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 knew, and it would be up here down the shore where we do where we do business. Pretty much wherever we had a listing, we did it. But and then I took that and I. You know, being the neighborhood sellers, it's all about the neighborhood. Yep. Yeah. So what we did is we started a like. So when you when I talk about social media, all right, especially like so if you look at think of your TV, cable, Instagram is one channel, all right. Yep. So it's, it's channel two, all right. And Facebook is channel four. Like so, every social media platform it's a different channel. Absolutely. Okay? Now when you go into the channel. Now you have the menu of shows, okay? So what I would do is I would have different segments or different things it would be a different show. Features. Like a diff- different features, exactly. Yeah. So one thing was, who's your neighbor? Mm-hmm. And what we would do is go to places that we enjoy. We always paid. I never went anywhere and asked for- Free food. For free food or anything. So free that. If I want to- if, and my and, and again, this is just my mindset. I feel like I'm at a strip club right now with your titties hanging out. This is just my this is just my mindset. That um sorry. So this is talking just, to Nico, by the way, not to me. Just, yeah. I just want to clarify <laughs> for our listeners. She is she looks like she's ready to go to church. She has her church she has her church <laughs> towel. She has the church towel over her legs. <laughs> as we're sitting underneath the desk, but she still has a church towel. She has her blouse with her jacket up, a scarf. Um, yes, she she is very dressed, uh, very modest, and I have my shirt pretty much unbuttoned. Yeah, just showing everything. But, <laughs> so, it's a channel, right? An episode. So what we do is we go to um, out to dinner with the family, right? Where like Korean barbecue, we and hit the whole family. Yep. My mechanic, my barber, um, the hardware store, wherever it was, and I just did a feature of that. And would just go out there so people can understand and see what it was in 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Yep. Now we share it on our social media. We tag the other business. And what does it happen? The they, they, chain they, effect. Exactly. They share it. Their fans are now my fans. Yep. And they're like, holy shit, look, this guy here is doing this for them. What is his business? And that's what I tell people all the time is 
start following your local businesses, comment on their post, follow their people, like their people's posts, and they start, and, and that's that's how we end up getting about, you know, what we got, 130,000 followers? Yeah. Just from that. And it just- And that's where I think it's important to clarify what your business plan is. Because a lot Absolutely. of people, no matter what they want to focus on, they go, oh, I have to be on social media. You don't. You don't. You really Social don't. media is one of the pillars that mm -hmm. absolutely is an option. And if yeah. you're going to do it, do it well. Mm -hmm. And do all of these things that you're talking about, posting consistently and liking other people's pages and commenting and, you know, all of that. That is a time-consuming proposition. Oh, it is. And a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to go into real estate. I have to start a Twitter and a, mm -hmm. or X, whatever it is now. A I TikTok. have to have a Facebook <laughs> and a TikTok and a blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. No, you really don't. If that is your journey, mm -hmm. and that's where, you know, I, I work with a, a number of coaches. I have a business coach. I have a mindset coach. I have a wealth coach. I have a blah, 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 blah. My mindset coach always talks to me about following your emotion. Mm. And a lot of people will dismiss our emotion, especially in business, as something that we shouldn't really pay attention to. We should look at the facts and the numbers and the blah, blah, blah. And yet in this business particularly, mm -hmm. there's a lot of emotion around a lot of things. Absolutely. And when we talk about cold calling, that instills a certain emotion in people. Some people, it's fear. Other people, it's anxious excitement and they're ready to go <laughs> the same thing with social media some people are like yes i love social media and i feel excited about this and others dread it that is not necessarily emotion it's your gut mm. and your gut in business is going to be the thing to guide you of whether or not you're actually going to make it because if you go against what your gut says and what your emotions feel you're never going to have fun and thrive and have a big business because of the fact that you're doing what you think you're supposed to do. And in this business particularly, no matter what you want to do, you can make money doing it. Yeah, 100%. I totally believe that. 100%. And that's, again, going back a little bit to the branding conversation. But ultimately, it's what do you want your business to look like? Mm -hmm. What do you want to be doing on a day-to-day -day basis? We as real estate agent, give we give up the comfort of the pension and the salary and the blah, 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 all the security. Yep in order to control our own destiny. Yep. And yet most of us are having somebody tell us, well, go do this and you'll be successful. And we say, oh my God, I don't want to do that. But okay, if that's what I have to do, it'll be successful. And that's where for me personally, I'm at a point in my life where hustle culture to me is dead. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hustle anymore. Mm -hmm. I have a young child. I have a husband at home. I've been doing this a little while. I'm not that old. I'm in my 30s. Like, it's not that crazy. I'm not ready to retire. But I, I'm not a fan of people who say, like, you just have to keep working harder and harder and harder and harder. That's not the key to success. You have to get in alignment with what success looks like for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about delegate culture at this point in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. You know, I want my I want somebody else who's better at things than I am to take over the things that I that don't give me energy. Yeah, you're right. You want to be the stupidest person in the smartest room. Mm -hmm. And that's how you yeah. you achieve success. Yep. And so going back to what I would do if I was uh, brand new, after I'm branded and I have my business plan and all that, I would figure out, okay, what on this list of things are things that only I can do or things that I do extremely well because I enjoy them? Mm -hmm. 
And then I'm going to put all of those in one category and say, these are, are my job responsibilities. And then I'm going to look at the rest and I'm going to say, what of these things do I need to be uncom be comfortable getting uncomfortable doing because I have to do them versus what can I hire out? Mm. And we live in a beautiful world where technology and the internet have made things super easy to hire people who are yep. really good at things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can get a social media manager for 10 bucks an hour on Upwork. Yep. You can get somebody to do your, your transaction coordination for 150 bucks a transaction. You can like, get ISAs. You can get everything. anything. And it's so easy to find resources now. But when we are starting or even if we're, we've been doing this for a little while but we're not having like the success that we want we hear all these ideas of i'll go drive uber i'll go interview business owners i'll go put my cards out at the nail salon and we go oh my god these are all things that i should do stop what of these are in line with what your business plan is mm -hmm. and go do those things and make sure you're super super good at those things absolutely yeah. And all of those really are, are, you teased out, you know, leads and you guys had asked me to talk a little bit about leads, but ultimately this is all lead generation. Absolutely. We have a tendency to think about leads as either internet leads or Facebook or buying leads from, you know, that big company yeah. that starts with a Z that we don't say. <laughs> um, so leads are not that. Leads are how do I get people who are currently not in my world, who I don't know, into the world of people that I know. Because again, there's only two groups of people in the world. You people know what, you know, or people you don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this. Facts. The way I look at people that purchase leads from the third party companies like you know, like Zillow and, and Realtor.com and all those, you know, those companies, if you think about animals that are um, in zoos or, you know, look at you know SeaWorld, the whales and all that, those animals know they'll eat every single day at the same exact time. If you took that tiger that was born in the zoo and you put that tiger in the wild, that tiger is going to have a tough time fending for itself, probably die from malnutrition because it just doesn't know how to hunt. Yep. If Zillow and all these companies go out of business, right? Let's just hypothetically speak. The agents that are going out and saying, okay, I'm going to have you know, I'm paying 35%, 40% to these companies. I'm okay with that 60%. If they're building their business just on that 40%, uh, the 60% that they're getting from them plus the brokerage fees and all that stuff, what happens if those companies go out of business? Or even if they just change their structure. Yeah. Yep. We've seen that with Zillow. It used to They've be you pay times. and here you go, here are yeah. your leads. And then they changed in many areas to Zillow Flex where you had to be invited into exactly. the program. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't part of their elite conversion people, you your leads were dried up, wow. period. And so whoever controls the lead is going to control the business. Absolutely. And if you are able to, to figure out a way to create your own leads, you're going to have full control over your business. Absolutely. So we do a lot of online lead generation. I run a whole, it's my whole job. You know, I have a whole program of generating leads for agents. And every single agent who wants to join my program, they have to have a conversation with me to say, what, what is your business plan? Mm. What does your business look like if you're focused just on your Mets? And if you don't have enough people who you've met, 
now we can talk about putting some people into that column. But again, it's not about, you know, bringing in people in order to quickly close a transaction. It's about how do I introduce the right kind of people and attract the right kind of people into my world mm-hmm. who are going to resonate with my brand. Even Absolutely. if I'm doing online lead generation, I don't want to target all of Bergen County. Mm-hmm. I want to target specific keywords or specific groups that are going to resonate with me because otherwise I'm wasting my money. All right, so I just want to throw you out there. 100%. Give an example. So the person that's been listening for the 51 minutes, they're like, oh, I want to write this down. Yeah. Give an example of a keyword that that works. Yeah. So a lot of times people go to Facebook mm-hmm. in order to you know, do some targeted whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually encourage that. I would encourage you to try to get something that's more middle of the funnel. So, you know, I teach classes on on sales funnels, but I'll give you guys the short version. Everything comes into a funnel. If you can picture a triangle that's upside down with the point going to getting smaller as we go down, Um, all of the people are at the top. Mm -hmm. And as you get closer to the point where people are going to transact toward the bottom, people are going to weed out for whatever reason. Facebook are what we consider top of the funnel leads. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, put yourself in the mind of the, the consumer, they're just scrolling. They're doing their thing. They're relaxing. They're you know trying to connect with people. And they happened upon something that you posted, whether that's a for sale listing or mm-hmm. maybe it's an ad for something that you're offering, a free buyer's guide, whatever that is. They weren't actively looking for it. Whereas if you are running some kind of a landing page on your website, which is very easy to do, again, it's it's, look at the world that we live in right now with technology. That was a nice save. I know, right? That was. I almost spilled my coffee. (laughs) That was a nice save. But you saved it. (laughs) Reflexes. Quick. And they they spelled your name right, too. Well, it's on the app, so I spelled my (laughs) name right. (laughs) You did a good job. Um, but essentially when you're, when you're looking for the right client, what you can do is you can create your own landing pages. And let's go back to that example of someone who wants to work with dog people. You're advertising for a list of properties that have a fenced in yard in X area, right? That's not specifically like, Hey, if you love dogs, but mm, it's going to be that type of person. Absolutely. So if you're able to then create some kind of a page on your website, we all have IDX feeds. We create a saved search with homes that have fenced in yards. Mm -hmm. And then what you do is you run pay-per-click advertising on Google Uh so that people who are actively searching for homes with fenced in yards are going to find you, find your website. Oh my gosh, here it is. And it just so happens I have a blog post of, you know, all the great local dog parks and it's a picture of me holding my dog. Oh my gosh, that's your people. Mm. Those are considered middle of the funnel leads because they've shown an intent. They're the ones going on Google to search homes in the area. In It doesn't matter what it is. In this certain school district, close to XYZ bowling alley. Like it doesn't matter what it is. People are going on Google in order to search specific things because all of these different aggregate sites, Zillow, Realtor, Homes.com, they have all just infiltrated the market and given us so much that it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And when people actually know what they want, they're not necessarily going to those sites because those sites don't have the the capability to say, I want to be within a quarter mile of a Starbucks. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. As I 100%. almost build my story, I, right? yeah, I brought that <laughs> all together. That was amazing. But no, that's uh, 100% true what you're saying. It's like in that way, they're vetted more 
than just the top of the, just anything of anything. It's your people that you know you can work with because you guys, you're going to have that that connection. The yep. dog, for instance, you have that connection. And it's like what Nico says all the time, we've never had like Zillow or pay for any leads or anything like that. But he jokes about it all the time. And he says, I don't know, even if we were to pay for Zillow leads, I wouldn't know how to deal with those leads. Right. I wouldn't, because yeah, I wouldn't know how to talk to them. We would have to chase after them and constantly because they would constantly go back to Zillow looking constantly yep. instant gratification. They need a response right away. You don't respond to them. They're back on Zillow finding another one and it's the chain yep. effect over and over. Like our clients come to us. Yeah. And so, they work with us for a reason. Like I, would ne I never have to tell a client, if you see anything, don't contact the real estate agent on that yeah. page. My clients or our clients contact us. They, 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 they'll send us a link off the site. Like, hey, I'm interested in this property, that property, right. and it's everything. Like, you know, you're dating, right? You're dating, and you're pursuing whoever you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. You're pursuing that person. You're not, that person doesn't have to say, well, if you see somebody else, make sure you come and talk to me for, like, sure. you're pursuing <laughs> them. They know that. So, even they, though I make it known, because at the end of yeah. the day, right, we run a business, right? He doesn't say it, but I say it. I'm like, hey, just so you know, we're here as your realtors. And I say this because I want to establish in their head, we are there. Yeah, you're, you're thinking me again. No, you're, no, no. Yeah, I wasn't. You're fingering me. Like, look, 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 no, look. I, I thought you were looking for the um, I was the realtor. realtor. There we go. <laughs> that, that's, that's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, realtor. Because we're in Real Jersey tour. again. Anyways. Thank whatever. you, Catherine. Catherine, I can't whatever. wait to see what sound bites you guys grab from me for next week. I was hoping that you want to start going, you know, going into Pac Twa. And... She did. Well, she kind of did go with the accent. Uh, in the know, beginning. You, we, 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 you stopped it. You stopped it real quick. You hold on, do, that, right, yo, do, do that again. We'll do it after. We'll yeah, do it after. there you go. Yo, I'm, I'm, so, I'm going to still go blah 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 blah. Yeah. Instead, so of, like, instead of that, it would be Alyssa. Exactly. But like when, so when I established, when I first started working with a client, whether they came to us, whether it came via referral, whatever method, right? I always established in the beginning of the conversation, Nico and I, our team, the neighborhood sellers, we are your realtors. If in the event you're surfing any one of the sites, it doesn't matter where you found it. You're driving by, boop, boop, you back up real quick, you send me a picture, I got you. I will find that information. It doesn't matter what source you find it from. You send it to me, and I will schedule that private viewing for you, and I will make sure that Nico or someone that we trust attend that viewing because we're not only looking at the property. We're looking at different things, um, asbestos, mold, lead, um, right. whatever, floods in but the basement, the, whatever it but is. But at the same time, things. the reason why we do that is because... We also have another company. Yeah. So in we, we offer it to our clients for free. Again, yeah. that's where so you guys know. We add our value. I, I just, I don't want to advocate, hey, do this. If you're not licensed, you're not trained. No, 100%. Don't, don't advocate your clients. Hey, I think that's mold. Because I tell this, not. even trained, if it looks like mold, it may not be mold. Unless it's unless tested. Unless it's tested. I, it, look, at I that, hate, look at that. I knew that. I, knew I hate that. when people call me. <laughs> they're like, oh, I have mold in my basement. Was it tested? No, I know it's mold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll treat it as if it's mold, but you should get it tested. Yeah, because it absolutely. could be just dirt before anything else. But oh, it could so be paint it could be anything. Yeah. So I'm just want to. We don't advocate. We do it because Nico I've been has trained. Special eyes. I, yeah, I've been trained for lead, he, asbestos, mold, 100%. environmental stuff. So N as you're saying. Not only does he have green eyeballs, that's the reason why well, I'm married best him. Eyes. When I send him off to go see God, I'm going to take him and put him with his balls under the bed. I'm going to have four, four sets of balls under the bed. 
eyeballs along with his balls. Anyways, moving Jesus forward. Jesus Christ. I just needed to plug that in real quick. I needed to remind you of that really quick. So, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! What are you doing? It was, bro? Supposed, it was supposed to be. Did I make you just like what just happened? I was supposed to be really, really nervous. No, it was, really, supposed, really quick. it was supposed to be the energy button, but that's okay. definitely not the energy yeah. button. But anyways, not, what I was saying. Yeah, that's that was that. But anyways, this is what like with every client that we work with, there's that that's always the established beginning conversation, and then moving forward from that, there's never reiterating anything of that sort. Right. It's already the set tone. They already know and. Because of the way we deal with them on a one-on-one basis, it's not like, oh, they're reaching out. Hey, I need new listings. Or, hey, this, hey, that. Certain days of the week, they get new listings. It comes out. It's set up as well. If new listings come out in the criteria with the filter, it's sent directly to them. Um, hey, reach out every couple of days. Is there any properties you'd like to see? Because I also set it up that when it's sent to them, it's also sent to me. So I see what they're getting. I right. know, okay, you know what? Sometimes I send a list and I'm like, hey, the first house on that list and the second house on that list, it's everything you want to be, everything you ask for. And they're like, what? Let me go check it right now. And then we, can we see this on Sunday? Can we see this Wednesday? Can we see this whatever? If you're unavailable, we can do virtual as well. There's many different things. Just like Nico said, if it's not something you're qualified to do and you're licensed to do, don't absolutely do not do not you know, suggested or you get yourself um, in trouble. Put your foot either. in your mouth. Like you're not an attorney. They ask you an attorney question. Hey, it's not my expertise, but I do have a preferred attorney. I do have other attorneys I can refer to you. Different things. If you know you're not qualified in that area, obviously don't do it. But there's also other things you're qualified to speak on as a realtor. Maybe you know the neighborhood. How far is the Starbucks? The dog parks? The different things. School system is not one of them. There's always niche.com or whatever. There's other sources, obviously, to reach out to. But at the end of the day, my whole point. I said all of that to say this: when you have the relationship with your client they will work with you as opposed to you chasing them or having to go after them. Like with the other, you know, the other lead generation sites and things like that. I feel like you constantly have to chase them. You constantly have to be like, hey, are you still there? Are you still working with me? And it, it puts in more of the work, a lot more work that I feel should not be really involved. But then again, there's other agents that love those sites and it works for them and they know how to work them. It's just not now, for us. Let me, let me ask you and a question. Okay. Let me ask you a question as I'm looking at Alyssa. What can an agent do to test themselves to see what, you know, and I'm talking about a new agent, even a seasoned agent or whatever. How can they test themselves to see what practice is best for them? Cold calls or door knocking? Like, what do you suggest? Like, what, yeah. what, what's your two cents? Well, first and foremost, I think you need to take a little time to really sit down and reflect. If you are a seasoned agent, I would pull a list of every client that you've worked with, whether it ended up in a, a transaction or not, and just mark, did I enjoy working with this person or not? Mm. And as you go through that exercise, you're going to notice there are trends. And okay. again, it might be, you know, demographic trends. I like working with younger people, older people, senior citizens, whatever it is. Or it might be psychographic trends or, you know, geographic trends. I like working with people who are moving from the city. I like working with sports and entertainment people, mm -hmm. whatever it is. If you're brand new, sit down and really start to, to visualize what does my business look like five or 10 years from now? Mm. And who are the people that I want to work with? 
And don't say luxury just because it's a higher price point. Trust I know. Me, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of headaches. But if it is luxury, great. How Absolutely. do I now brand myself to be the resource for the people who are selling those types of homes? And so really start to think about, okay, who do I want to work with and who have I enjoyed working with? What gives me energy? When you really find, okay, I, go ahead, hit it. No, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Hit it. Hit it. Yeah, okay, I got you. I'll do it again. What gives me energy? Where's my energy a little? <laughs> what, gives, what gives me energy, you know? Um, but really sit down and say, when I find that I am just lost in, in time goes by and I didn't even realize time went so quick, what was it that you were doing? Mm. Because if you find that when you're working on, you know, digital projects where you're creating something and oh my gosh time just went by i feel like i could do this all day i enjoy this part then find that as an outlet focus on that as mm -hmm. a piece of your business if you love scrolling tiktok so be it great then maybe tiktok should be part of your uh strategy if you find that when you're in conversation with people getting to know people you're the type that you're standing in line at starbucks well we're really like we should get promoted by starbucks here i know right um <laughs> when you're standing in line at starbucks you just talk to people Great. That's what gives you energy. How do I now turn that into a business plan? Mm -hmm. You know, I, in, in, just to kind of go back to what you were saying about the luxury, right? Not that she's trying to discourage you. Or deter you from it. If you're a brand new agent, you just have to understand, excuse me, a luxury client, excuse me, has different, they, they all are similar. These are most, <clears throat> they're high wealth, high wealth individuals. They are used to running a business. They look at you as an employee. So they're very direct of what they ask you. So you're not, you don't, it's not like you're working with your friend. It's like you're working with your boss. And it, it, it feels like that in the transaction. As friendly as the transaction could be, they're going to tell you, I need you here tomorrow at eight o'clock. They're not asking you. They're telling you to be there. And they don't sugarcoat. So you need yeah. to make sure if you're getting into it, especially as a new agent, it's completely opposite of what you expect in real estate. It's very by fact, by it's it's everything is scheduled and detailed out. It's a completely different kind of person. So that's why when she was saying it's, it's it could be a headache, if you don't know what to expect, you're going to get yourself jammed up. You know, we just had a luxury listing on uh, for a rental, and they're like, and what we do for all our clients. One of the things I am was a is a uh, fire inspector, so I walk the property. I tell my clients, "Hey, this is what you need," but to make sure to we that we will pass these inspections, I buy everything, and I and I tell them, "Hey, this is what you need," and I make them install it. I don't want to install it. God forbid something fails, it's on me. I'm just telling, you, "Hey, this is what you need." So I, she knew this. She goes, I need you here tomorrow at 8 o'clock. And she's telling me this at 9 o'clock the night before. My schedule's already... First, I take my kid to school. My schedule's already booked for the next day. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. But but you need to tell me 12 hours before. I told you this. Anything you need me to do, 12 hours to notice. I, I have a busy schedule. If I can get someone to be there at that time, I will. But you also can't... You can't say, okay, I can't, if you can, but don't change your business practice because then they'll take advantage of you. 
Absolutely. So you need to make sure you're firm yourself and saying, hey, 12 hours, I can do it for you. Give me notice, I can do it for you. But if you tell me a few hours before I got to be someplace, I, I'll let you down. Yep. You, you got to be, so that's what it is with luxury. It's completely different from somebody who's not luxury. Because again, these are people that are, they, they, they have seven figures, you know, in their bank account. You know, that they, 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 they run a big business. You know, they, they may have multiple businesses. So again, I don't want to deter or had, you know, make you seem like you're deterring them. It's just the reality of the client. It's the reality of it. You know, it's just so, you know, the, the business of it. Sorry to cut you off real quick. Nick Aquino says, Nick Aquino says from Facebook Live, um, once you find your niche, you will be unstoppable. Yep. And that is factual in every so, form of the word. So just to... Yeah. And one thing I want to say about that is a lot of people think that your niche, when you pick a niche, it's going to limit you. No. People think oh. that it's going to put them in a box and, oh, if I only work with investors, then first-time homebuyers won't want to work with me. That's just simply not the case. Mm -hmm. And we see this again and again, especially in, you know, regular business. Take Apple, for example. Mm -hmm. Apple started doing computers and that mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. And they Macintosh. carved out their niche. And now Macs are what we in, in business call a cash cow. Mm -hmm. Those That's something that it just... It just goes. They are just going to continue to sell Macs. They're not going to be, you know, this super sexy new blah, blah, blah. There's very minute changes year after year. Of course, they're innovating. It's Apple. But ultimately, it's going to be a Mac. Absolutely. Does that mean they can't go into phones? No. Of course not. All the more reason why you're it's going to trust them. It's their yeah. brand. Yeah. And let's say Apple wanted to launch, I don't know, a car. Wouldn't we be like, oh, that's pretty freaking cool. Like yep. Apple is putting out a car. Yes, because we trust them in their cash cow, in their exactly. niche. And so, of course, we're going to trust that they've done their due diligence to step outside. Whereas if uh, Walmart wanted to make a car, are we going to say, oh, Walmart <laughs> making a car? Probably not. No. You wouldn't take your, your Lamborghini to a general mechanic. No. You just wouldn't. But would you trust your Honda with a Lamborghini mechanic? I, I love yeah, I love how you do you, you said that, right? Yeah. It's the same thing if you're gonna sell your property. If you're listening and you're if you're gonna sell your property and your property is a Lamborghini, you're not selling it as if it's a Toyota. Right. Okay? Facts. You're you're gonna do what you need to do for its price point. Staging, the marketing. It all goes hand in hand. A Lamborghini, you're not going to go to the Vaveline down the street to get an oil change. Right. You're going to go to someone who specializes it. Same thing with a luxury listing. You're not going to just go to any Joe Schmo and say, hey, this is where I need you. Can you just stage it yourself? Oh, I, I, I've seen Pinterest. No. <laughs> you want someone who knows what they're doing. Right. And that's where so many agents, on, you know, I know we've got to wrap up, so I'll leave it with this, but a lot of agents, the general statement is, who do you know that's going to buy, sell, or invest in real estate in the yep. next year? If somebody asks me that, I literally don't think of anyone <laughs> because <laughs> you've given me no information. It's yeah. the same thing when an investor says, oh, you got any good deals? What the heck does I that even that. mean? Yeah. Oh, my God. But if somebody that. came to me and said, who do you know that's looking for a, a townhouse or a condo who is a firefighter? Well, now my brain's ticking. Yep. 
And I know that that person is looking for a specific type of client that if I do know a firefighter who's looking for a condo or a townhouse, you better believe that I'm sending them their way. And now that my brain is focused on them in that capacity, subconsciously, our reticular activation system in our brain is going to start to look for the answer to that. So even if I don't have somebody who's a firefighter looking for a condo, my friend mentioned they're looking for a house. Well, now my reticular activation system is going to say, mm-hmm. okay, let me connect them with them because even though it's not a firefighter looking for a condo, they're, looking they're still looking for a condo. Maybe maybe they can uh, sell it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where anybody who is a little scared to put themselves in a box, don't be. Pick a niche. It's mm-hmm. going to make your life so much easier in terms of the marketing, the content, the everything. And then, of course, you're going to be able to expand from there. But if you start with one specific thing, mm. trust me, it's it's going to work out for your business. Absolutely. That's awesome. And then Absolutely. with that being said, let's do some final thoughts. So, you know, Alyssa, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. You know, this was special. Do you have anything as far as uh, your parting uh, words? Yeah. My parting words would be follow your gut. In this business, a lot of people are in the first place scared to leave their W-2 in order to go into real estate. There's a lot to be said about burning the boats and jumping right in. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of compelling arguments of people who can do this in a really great capacity while only doing it quote unquote part-time. We don't say part-time, we say dual career. There we go. Yeah, I saw that recently. (laughs) Dual career. So follow your gut. If your gut is telling you, you need to jump in with two feet, do it. Mm. Because the best time to plant a tree was 30 years ago. The second best time is now. And so if you're thinking, oh, I wish I would have done this a year ago. Imagine where I would be right now. Think about what you're going to think a year from now. Mm -hmm. And if your gut is saying, I can't do that right now, not out of fear, but your gut is actually saying, I can manage my full-time job that I love and I want to stay in and I can do real estate full-time, then do it. And follow that gut and what that says, especially as it comes to what do you want your business to look like? Where do you want to focus your business? Because if you do, you're going to be happier and a happy agent is just so much more pleasant to work with. Oh my God. Absolutely. So many different ways. So that can just snowball and rabbit hole right into different conversations. Oh yes. A hundred percent. My final thoughts. Um, let's oh see. no, not another <laughs> Sasha story. <laughs> do what you love. Because it will never be work. One hundred percent true. And you know, with that being said, you're your own limits. You know, so mm. you know you limit yourself. I want to thank our guest, Alyssa thank Compton, you for having me. Uh, are you on social media? I am, and I'm not. I mean, you're welcome to follow me. <laughs> Slide um, in her DMs if you got questions. Alyssa Compton, two L's, two S's. I think it might be Alyssa Compton Disla at this point. But you also it have two A's in there yeah. too. On Facebook, two A's as well. But yeah. if you say that, it gets a little complicated. complicated. But there's only one L. A Y. Only one Y. Only one Y. <laughs> Very symmetrical <laughs> name that I was <laughs> given here. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, and and oh. you know there's a lot of branding opportunities there. I could have gone straight out of Compton Real Estate. Right? I could have gone you know the that white Jamaican. The redheaded realtor. Like yeah. there was a lot of ways that I could have gone. So. Oh my God. But there yeah, was. feel free to reach out. And you know, if I can be helpful in any way, I've been a coach for uh, several years now. I've coached everything from brand new agents to $150 million teams and everything from luxury to brand new. So if I can help in any way, let me So know. how can someone reach out to you about your coaching opportunity? Shoot me an email, Alyssa Compton at kw.com. Awesome. And I'll be happy to discuss. Ooh. Awesome. 
Slide in her DMs too, also on Instagram and Facebook. You well, you're on Facebook, right? Um, barely. Oh, Instagram too. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the easier method for most people, that's my easiest method. I mean, I'm there. I'm there. I'm just don't don't look DMs. for amazing content. It's not my journey. <laughs> so you just picture up your dog and your cat. Uh, your yeah, do, your right, dog literally. and your cat. Uh, your kid. My dog and my kid. Yeah. yeah Probably more cat. of my dog than of my kid, to be honest. But oh, anyway. Wow. <laughs> first, your first, your first born. I mean, it's always yeah. you know the second born is always always kind of. Uh, don't wish that. Wait, on. we have a we have a son, right? Yeah. John Luigi. <laughs> you better stop. You really better stop. We just signed him up for, we just signed him up for hockey, too. He would take you out while you're sleeping. He suck you in the eye while yeah, you're anyway. sleeping. That boy is on another level. Took, took him to get it fitted for his hockey year yesterday. So he's so excited. He's yeah, pretty excited. He did le- um, learn to skate last two years ago. Was yeah. it a year ago? He was eating the ice. Mm. And the instructor brought him off the ice 10 times in a span of like he's got, kept on 30 going, minutes. He had to go and have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. But it was just watching his sister eating skittles and he was just yeah. pissed off Got it. but the difference between four and five you know? i understand listen you all you can all <laughs> yeah. find us on all major uh, absolutely platforms yeah iHeartRadio anywhere you get your podcast guys go listen because it's so fire it is. i'm not saying it because it's me i'm just saying it because it's just fire all t- obviously nico is a part of it but yeah you know it's just fire i am half man half amazing <laughs> Only because well, of your eyeballs. Well, listen, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Compton. Anytime. And this was a pleasure, and we look forward, guys. Don't worry. I want to thank every, every, every one of you for listening because I know we've been going strong, strong, strong. What episode is this that we're going to be airing this Friday? Oh, man, we're in the it's a lot. We're, it's a lot. In that's how we're, much we're, we're twenty something. We're in the 20s. Guys, and we're still going strong. Trinidad, you got to stand up. Caribbean, you got to get. Guys, we got everybody from everywhere listening except the Caribbean. Like, what's going on? Where are my people's at? Yeah. We do have the Dominican Republic in there. But we're talking about like Trinidad, Jamaica. We're talking about like that little. They are his the Caribbean. Yeah, they are, but they're like Hispanics. They're not like. So, okay. So, what happens if it was Haiti? There's the same island. It is the same island, but I'm talking about the people that, you know, that in the national foods have like curry chicken and roti and like doubles and shit like that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my people, the Trinity okay, people. Okay, just to say I want my people. Yeah, like where my Trinity people's at. You guys embarrassing me, you know, like what's going on? We my got assistant, Europe up in here. My assistant is from Trinidad, so I'll make sure she Yeah, make sure out. she listens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she got to. Shout out to Dina. <laughs> we, got, we, got to put, uh, Trinity, we got to put us on the map in Trinidad. But anyways, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much from the bottom of our hearts for listening. Check out our YouTube for behind the scenes. And... We'll listen. We'll hear you guys. We'll see you guys. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode. God bless. Here it is. The episode you've been waiting for. The Neighborhood Sellers Podcast with your hosts, Nico and Sasha Antanasio. Grab a chair, grab a drink, grab a friend, and enjoy the conversation. 